But it also turns out that 2019 is the year where the universe grinds, grinds down. us down into a sort of a nub yeah. of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a thumb with a beard. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 231 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. <laughs> I'm Seth and I'm here. Yeah, you're right. What are you I'm laughing so- about already? We haven't even started Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm Seth and I'm the game's programmer. I'm Adam and I'm a thumb with a beard. Uh- <laughs> That's true. You took, my, you took my phrase from earlier. I called you. I'm Sam. And today is uh, it's November 7, 2019. Before we get started, we have a warning. Swears. We're going to do them all over. Just covered. So, uh, yeah. you, you know, whatever. Anyway, people gave us money and we want to thank them. They did it at moneygrab.bscutch.net. You we should got, do that too. We got a new one. Super Shibe says, catching up with the podcasts, and I heard you guys talk about not being sure if your community outreach efforts had an impact. I can at least say that Sam's GDC talk was the kick in the pants I needed to get serious about game dev, and I've been a listener slash lurker ever since. So thanks. Mm, so thank cool. you very much for the donation and the, and the kind words. Yep. Uh, and reminding us that we're not talking into a vacuum. Yep. It's nice. We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about life. We played paintball. Yeah. On this past Is this talking about life or death? It's a little bit of both because yeah. you don't actually die. Important paintball in paintball. You're not supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to. Super fun. Your legs and ass will hurt a lot. Also, my neck hurt, which is neither of those two parts. How did you? Because I was crawling around. I was army crawling really quickly to attack you guys. Oh. So I mean, yeah, army crawling is a whole other thing. I was after I finished it. I was like, why am I sore? Why is my neck sore? I didn't realize you were that looking up because you're yeah, you're, all that yeah. body isn't built for that. When it's, it's actually kind of the opposite of what you do normally because normally you're looking down at your phone and now you're looking at up. Now That's you're looking true. with your head backwards the opposite direction. Imagine if you had to look at your phone that way all day. Yeah. It'd be terrible. But if you were a dog, if you had a dog shape, you know, yeah. body, you'd have been, you'd been fine. <laughs> also, then I could just <laughs> – think we kind of do have a dog shaped body. We just but, but no. our head, stand it upright. You no, know but I mean? our head points down instead of up. No, forwards. the benefit a dog has is a dog can just lay on its side and be comfortable. Because it's like a flat, it's like a sheet. Dogs have no shoulders yeah. and their necks point in the right direction. That's the thing. They've dogs got to, have shoulders. They're just, the shoulders are on nah. their sides. Nah, they're tucked in. They don't, that doesn't count. Look at a dog <laughs> laying down. It's just like, it's just flat. No, no, yeah. They don't have shoulders on the top, but they have shoulders on the sides. Exactly. I've reached yeah. that point now in life <laughs> where, where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm, because I sleep on my side, wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, ow, because my shoulder hurts now because I've been laying on it mm-hmm. and I got to switch sides. Need a better bed. Eat, balance out the pain. What kind of a bed you got? It's a, ma- I got a mattress. Mm-hmm. So that was your first so, problem. I, got, I don't know. <laughs> there's kinds, there's kinds of beds. <laughs> uh, anyway, also Sam broke his toe. Yeah. While so, we were paintballing. Well, every year. So this is a Patrick, our, our sound guy from fat bar. Uh, fat bar the fat bar duo we go play with them so zach was there as well and uh we always go play every year around november and shoot each other just get some of that aggression out that we built mm-hmm. up in the last 365 days so we're out there and every year i end up taking a dive not Sam's on purpose got too much aggression i'm up. always yeah i'm just like going and so patrick told me he's like you should go take the right flank and you need to get up really far and I was like, okay, I know my job, which is to run as quickly as humanly possible. And I know I'm faster than most. So I was like, if I can get up there, A, I will probably not get shot before I arrive, and B, then I can shoot someone else. So it seems like a good situation. Perfect. On the other hand, you're also running faster, so the bullets hit you harder. It's true. So that. It doesn't really stop the pain too much. But uh, I started, just took off like a bullet running and uh, hit my toe on a piece of cement. Uh, yeah. The cement didn't move. 
but my no. toe did. So yeah, I just uh, slammed my toe into it. And the best part was so I went sailing, uh, which every year this happens, people think I'm doing it on purpose because like it looks kind of all fucking awesome. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so from across the map, I'm just like, going around. And then, and then my gun hit the ground because I was just completely sprawled like a belly dive. Basically. <laughs> and so I essentially just like slammed my gun into the ground uh, and it hit some of this concrete as well. And then it starts hissing. So I'm doing this like <laughs> amazing move and it's like, whoosh, there's just sound effects happening. Like chaos over there. The ref comes running over. I threw the gun because I was like, this is going to explode. I'm not going to have any hands left. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ref comes over and he like looks at me. He's like, are you okay? And I was like holding my foot. And I was like, I'm probably fine. And then he he had an extra gun. So he was just like, here. He, he ripped the hopper off the old one, shoved it on the new one, just oh, gave me the gun. Sick. That's a he, sick move. He ran off with the exploding <laughs> gun. And then he's like, time. And then we just started shooting each other. Um and then my toe hurt real bad. So uh, so you sat out. I sat out. I just read some books uh, mm-hmm. at the paintball field for the rest of the day. Um, but the funny thing about breaking a toe is that there's not really anything you do about it. So I was just like, you know what, 2019? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to enjoy myself and not do anything about this. And so I've just been continuing my life on. In fact, I think it's made me more aggressive in the last couple of days. Because now you have exactly what I want. defiance. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually very devi- defiance-oriented as a person. And so I was just like, yeah, like that's true. Yeah, I was like, no. I will being, do whatever being I want. Sick or injured is when you've it makes truly you so reach your potential. <laughs> so you're saying when your when your toe <laughs> heals up, we're it's gonna back bring to, out back a hammer. <laughs> oh no! Put your hand on the table. Yeah, my God, Sam, it's time. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so I went to the gym. I would go to the gym every single day this week. I hadn't gone for three weeks. <laughs> and I broke my toe. And I was like, and "Now's the time." Now that you quote can't, yep. you're like, "It's uh, it's game on." Did the box jumps? Dude, and, then, and, then, and you're doing all legs. <laughs> did legs? Did legs so hard yesterday I could walk down the stairs afterward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, "Fuck, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, 2019." I'm tired of. I'm just <laughs> this tired. year. This year, it's been a thing. Now I'm gonna take this opportunity to say that uh, we're gonna be gone. Adam and I are going to be gone for a couple of weeks. We're going to pre-record a couple of podcast episodes for that time. Mm-hmm. The weekend after everyone listens to this episode. Yep. There's two Give things it. that there's two things that we need from you, our listeners. We need you to go to podcast.bscash.net and ask us shitloads of questions. Really good ones. Here's the thing. Ideally. We're going to record these like back to back pretty much right after we record another regular episode. We're not going to have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, there's nothing. We got nothing in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need you guys to basically write the episode for us. Yeah. So get in there. Go, go ahead and do that. Go to podcast.baseguys.net. Give us all the questions you have, and we will do them. The second thing is this. I'm just getting here because of this 2019 thing. Is 2019, as we can all pretty much agree, it was a garbage year. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a year made of trash. Mm-hmm. Just a giant heaping pile of steaming, flaming garbage. That's 2019. 2020. It's going to be better. It's going to be fucking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to know. What is the name of 2020? 2019 was 2019. And it lived up to its name. Precisely how it felt. It was 2019. We thought that we were going to be getting on that grind and we were going to be just getting shit done. It turns out. It has been true. It has been true. Our work has gone great. Yeah. But it also turns out that 2019 is the year where the universe grinds grinds us down into a sort of a nub of a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. A thumb with a beard. (laughs) A thumb with a beard. (laughs) So we need a we need a new trajectory for 2020. (laughs) What's it gonna be? What's gonna happen? If you recall earlier in the year, we threw out a bunch of potential names, Mm -hmm. one of which was 20 plenty. 20 plenty. Which is the train I'm on. So if you can up 20 plenty, 
Only leave ideas if you think they can one up twenty plenty. Yeah, I don't want to hear right. your garbage ideas. No garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Only good ideas. Make them good. Run them through the idea checker. Keep those for Twitter. You know? uh, yeah, true. And put the yeah, and put those also at podcast.bscotchnet.net. Just say hey, here's here's what I think twenty twenty should be. And if you can pack them all into one, you know, one question, oh, yeah, like all your ideas, pack them into one question. If you can do it, mm-hmm. so you can just get a get a nice long list running. Boom, boom. But only the good ones. Only the good. Leave ones. all your garbage ideas at home. Yep. Yeah, we won't even read them if they're garbage. No, no, we've right. had enough. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. We're <laughs> over it. Uh, all right. And in other in other news, I started building a space game. So something stupid happened, which was last weekend. So I, I've gotten it. I don't know if you guys recall the podcast last week. We were talking about like, oh, what do you do? Like, uh, like what do you really get into as a hobby or something, whatever? Mm-hmm. And I made that comment where I was like, I kind of just live in this weird gray space, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which has generally been true. But last weekend, after I was actually reflecting on that last weekend, and I was like, Cause why? Like, that's a dumb answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. why though? Because <laughs> uh, I've done all kinds why of things. Like, like I've jumped into piano or Arduino or whatever, and I'll do things for a while, and then I'm like, meh. And really all it comes down to is my thing is making games. I fucking love making games. And I did it as a hobby before I did it as a job. And once I did it as a job, then I started changing my frame my frame of mind on it where like making games was now my livelihood. And so I was always thinking about games differently. So if I was to make a game as a hobby, all of a sudden I would start tripping myself up with all of these weird you got production ideas. orientation. Yeah, yeah, where I'm like, how am I going to market this thing? Mm-hmm. Who's my target demographic? Mm-hmm. What are my target? Get through GDPR. What are my target <laughs> platforms? What about this? What about that? And and also throughout this entire time, I've always had this idea that I would love to make a space game. And, w- and like, I would never subject my fellow butterscotch <laughs> uh, studio mates to making a space game because space games are the black hole of the games industry mm-hmm. uh, because space is literally everything. And this is how you get in No Man's Sky, right? Yep. Is you're like, I want to make a space game, and then you end up building a whole universe because it turns out that's that's what's required. That's what space yep. is, <laughs> and so, so I had this realization on Friday night where I was like, I know how to make games. I love making games, and for years I've been saying I want to make a space game. Why don't I just fucking make a space game? Very good question. So I sat down and I started doing it, and I basically just turned on some real real loud music, and I just drank a bunch of rum and coke, and just started. <laughs> I just started, and I started from scratch too. I was like, I'm not going to just scream. Yeah, I did actually numerous times because like, why haven't I not just been doing this? (laughs) And and also part of it too was like, we have a a bunch of huge existing frameworks for our our games and they're really great, but they also add a lot of overhead. Yep. Right. And so I was like, I'm just going from scratch, just building this whole game from scratch. Uh, Not going to bring in any existing stuff, whatever. And I had a fucking blast with it. I, I actually managed to come up with the system to build uh, a, an area that you can travel in that's larger than the size of the solar system. And I have it set up such that one pixel is one meter. And then the game is called Absolute Units because, <laughs> because it's about really big things. Yep. And also it's it is to scale. It's exactly to scale. So so – and, and here's the I'm thing. Sold. Here's the thing. This game is shit. Like this game is garbage because <laughs> well, no, it's a simulation. It's right because it's a simulation. And this is what's so fun about it is that I'm interested in the fact that that the that space is really big and it's <laughs> right. mostly nothing. That's that's what I think is so cool about space. Sure. And space it doesn't make for a good game. <laughs> well, but that's to the, be big and mostly right, nothing. Space games are all about. The stuff that isn't space. Yeah. They're all about aliens and they planets. Just, they're just they're games that happen to be in space. Right. And really in weird space where everything's close together right. somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm gonna make 
It's going to be a shit game. It's going to be a terrible experience, but that's the point of it. Okay. It's the, like you're traveling through space. I thought the, that was kind of the definition of what a sim is. Yeah. They're kind pretty of much. Game, yeah. Right? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm making this space game and uh, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Don't know if I'm going to do anything with it. And I don't, fun, and I don't man. even know if you could even call it a game, yeah. but uh, I'm having a great time it with pretty it. pretty neat though. And I it's, love the title. Yeah. Yeah. So, the title got <laughs> the most important part down. Yeah. Although there must be a game called. Like, I tried know. to find one and I, I really? couldn't. Did you so, buy the domain name? Absolute Unit is a is a much more recent phenomenon than I think. Yeah, Absolute Unit is just a term that means like a thing that's bigger than you would expect mm-hmm. it to be. Yeah, could be anything. Yeah, I actually so, was doing something similar because I was trying to because I also love programming. That's been like I keep on also trying to have like other hobbies and I just I, I don't enjoy myself. So when yeah, I do don't literally fight it. Else. Just like just do it. So <laughs> so I was starting to play around with and I was starting to look at new new web frameworks. Like I've been using Vue for the Vue for my front end stuff, for like for, for Rumpus and everything I'm doing in the studio. And it's got like all this tooling. It's so there's just so much going on there that if I want to set up a new website using my tech stack. It takes, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. like a lot. And, uh, and of course that I can do it and then it's really fun once I get in there. But I was thinking it would be really interesting just to explore that side of it. The side of what does it take to build the tooling, you know? Cause right now I just get to take off the shelf tools and just, and the tools have gotten so good that you can, like, I, it's all magic now. You don't know what anything's doing. It's just somehow works. Yeah, because uh, once you free yourself from like, what am I going to do with this? What, yeah. What's what's the market? What's my business strategy? Well, so my, Who gives my, a shit? Right, yeah, so, and, and that's actually the thing that's been getting in the way is because I still want to make something with it, you know? Um, and so my my intention has been to rebuild my personal website because I, I have a personal website mm. I've had for like fucking 15 years or something that I blogged on, you know, once every six months until three or four years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so there's like, there's nothing going on the, there. Quite the trend. Yes. Quite the trajectory. There's just nothing going on there. And, and it would just be basically a, a page that would just be like, this is who this person is. And here's their LinkedIn right. address or whatever. Right. And so, so I could make a really simple site out of it, but then I could also use it to, to make toys, you know, just like if I want to post a toy on the internet somewhere, I could make a toy and put it there. Yeah. And so that's, so I'm, that's kind of how I'm thinking about doing it. And so I started just digging into stuff and asking questions like, how does, how does this hot reloading work? So anybody who does web development, or if you've ever even tried web development, you'll get really fucking annoyed immediately. Cause you like write up some HTML and you go over to your browser and you're like, Oh God, I have to refresh this. And you hit, you know, control R, you refresh it so you can see what happened. Oh my God. Stuff. It takes, uh. it's, one of, it's, one those, it's one of those little things that annoys the shit out of you. Right. Yeah. And, and so people invented the concept of a hot reload, right? So now you're typing and the moment you hit save, suddenly somehow, magically, the browser knows this and just re- reboots itself, right? But then that's also really annoying because it flashes when it happens. And so then uh, – It's not hot enough. It, it's not hot enough. It's then it got even fancier <laughs> where now they, own, they send like a packet that's like just a little piece of thing that you changed and then it dynamically loads only that oh, thing. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm. It's so smooth. It's, it, is, it is amazing. <laughs> but uh, so – and I. And I've never had the opportunity just to ask, how the fuck does that work? How does that It work? is just magic. Well, you better cool. figure it out because, so, I don't know, just Yeah, so I just started playing with it. Fun. Yeah, it wasn't exactly it. So I started playing. I was like, I'm just going to start trying to build this stuff from the ground up. And I, and I realized the first problem I was going to run into was was basically knowing that a file has even changed in the first place. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually not a straightforward problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like reading about how operating systems know that a file has changed. Yeah, it's just the alert. concept of leisure time, right? Yeah. So leisure is not supposed to be uh, vegging. Yeah. It's like, not supposed to be wilting. It doesn't actually mean – it means school or something like that in Greek. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's not, I think it's actually what it is. It's supposed to be like just the time where you're just learning whatever the fuck you want because learning is fun. You're just doing be. stuff that tickles your brain a yeah. 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 And I, and I think I just – I got it – at some point along the way, I got into this 
dumb idiot mind space of thinking like making games is work. And when I'm, when I'm not working, I should be doing something completely different than what I do at work because otherwise I'm just working more. Right. And then mm-hmm. it's burnout and then that's unhealthy, et cetera. But it's not because if it's a context, it's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's something to think about. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the studio. We have some big news, <laughs> big news alert. <laughs> <laughs> we need to which package that up. We need to use that. Yeah, that is a big <laughs> news alert. We have a little head coming to Xbox Game Pass. All right. So we said to our, I, I had been dropping some hints into our Discord mm-hmm. about like we're gonna have some players. We're at gonna launch. have some players at launch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here it is. We're gonna have some players at launch. Yeah, so for those not familiar, we did already announce that we're coming to Xbox. Yes, a while ago. But Game Pass is slightly different, which is it's the subscription program that people who are playing on the Xbox get access to if they pay like 10 bucks a month or something like that, right? Something like that. Um, and they're always running deals and stuff to get people into it. So There's 9 million yeah, I think, I think it's if you're an Xbox Live Game Pass subscriber. Yes. Then you also get discounts on games that are not in Game Pass Correct. or something. There's like there's a they have like three different kinds of systems. There's a couple all, different tiers. And they all and interact with each other, and so it's a little bit. But the general point is confusing. that uh, when Levelhead launches, it will be launching into the subscription program. Yeah, and so what that means is that it will just get automatic access to this huge pool of users of nine um, million people. Nine million people who are who are using Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, to find new games, and the interesting and it's, thing, a, it's a tightly curated library. It so is. It's, we're not we're not launching into a thousand other titles or something Correct. like so that. This like this is the thing that we have needed. Yep. We've been gunning for this in the background for anything like this, you know, mm-hmm. the whole time just trying to figure like how do we go somewhere where there's not very many games, but a shitload of players and that all the barriers that are currently there are gone. Yeah. Because we, we think that actually a big thing that we're kind of wrestling with right now is like a, a, it's a combination of factors, which is like Steam is incredibly saturated. We're an early access title, so people are apprehensive about that. We're an indie title. People are increasingly apprehensive <laughs> yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a 2D game, and we're a platformer. And so there, there are enough things that that people have been kind of burned with that having that upfront price tag uh, is just a bit too high of a bar, mm-hmm. right? And like, yeah, once people get in there, they're like, oh, shit, this is dope. And we've got like the mid-90s percent right. of positives. So like people who get in there are really loving the game. And we needed to obliterate those barriers. And so yep. now we, we do. So this is, and this is super yeah. exciting. This is the biggest news to me for the game. Uh, yeah, definitely. Since we've been developing it. And, and that's ex- for exactly the reasons I was talking about. And, and as our players know who are currently playing, um, you know, Levelhead or, or a game like this, it lives on uh, its community, right? Like the total number of people it playing. It needs players. It needs players uh, in order to be really fun and, and in order to – uh, have a bunch of cool, like a, a cool sort of insider community sort of build out. And mm-hmm. so this is, it's huge. And we've been working on it for months is the easiest way to put it. To make um, this thing happen. Yeah, we we started, we really started having chats uh, with Xbox back at PAX this year, yep. um, which is a ton of fun and they've been great to work with. And so we're just. It's also our first time on Xbox. First time on Xbox. So and we're just jazzed. So also we're doing, we, we're doing tons of work to get this thing uh, ready for, for cert and all these other things that we have to, to work on. And, and there's just, there's a lot of very like platform specific things that just literally don't apply to like PC or uh, mobile or any other platform that are very new to us. And so the game wasn't really set up in advance with those things in mind because we just no, didn't quite know what the, to the extent of, of how, mm-hmm. like how involved these things would be. Yeah. So um, 
there's all that going on. Then on top of that, we're launching. We're going to be launching in uh, along with Japanese and Korean languages, which just yep. got added to the game with this last patch too. Um, and that'll be our first time. So we are, you actually have to do different things in order to get into Japan and Korea. It's not it's, it's not just like it is on uh, like the Google Play stores and uh, the consoles and stuff where you just kind of put it up. And there it is. And for uh, console, like the, the EU market, basically we interact with the same way we do with the North American correct. market. And yeah. so you actually have to go get a different rating from a different rating agency, mm-hmm. kind of like the ESRB over there. So we're working on that stuff. We're working on all these things. And so there's so many business pawns we have to move on this dang chess board. There's a lot <laughs> going on. And I think that's, that's the important note, I think, for our current players of early access is that where we're at, where the game is at right now is we're still adding a few things here and there to it where we, where we can. But a lot of the work uh, is going into what is – what would kind of be considered this invisible layer of stuff that needs to be done in order for the game to actually launch effectively um, and to really hit this big stride once it comes out. Yeah. So um, this means it's kind of like a, it's, a, it's like a bittersweet thing, which is like if you're currently playing the game in early access, you're going to have a bit of a thinner content delivery experience yes. than what we had when it was just us focusing purely on Steam, right? Because we got to do all this other stuff. But on the flip side, like we said, this game lives by its community. Yeah, this is and, huge. It's huge news for everyone. Yeah, and, and us being able to put the time into getting this into Game Pass means that, like, because because you're going to be able to play the ga- the the levels made by Xbox players on Steam or mm-hmm. like it's all cross platform. Yeah. I'll be able to play your levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all cross platform. So like, I mean, right right now you get you get uh, you know ten hours of gameplay in your level, and you're like, oh shit, that was a, that was great. Yeah, I cannot wait. To Someday in the near future, yeah, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, dang, remember? <laughs> remember when I looked at that one year of playtime achievement and thought there is no fucking way. And then one level got <laughs> a whole year. Oh, yeah. But here's so the other thing is, is if you were playing the game right now or aren't playing it, but, you know, obviously could, mm-hmm. uh, you can get it on the ground floor. You can kick off the multi-level investment. marketing It scheme. will never be easier than it is right now mm-hmm. to get your stuff to the top of the charts, to get your initial subscribers, to That's put true. yourself in the top of the of the list of, uh, of fall, players. Most followed, most, followed. most prolific. So that by the time this huge surge of players come in, we launch on you want to be on you want to be on the top. If you're on the top of that, because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Every system is a rich get richer scheme. It is. Every so is level head. So is level head. <laughs> so, this is how it is. So, mm-hmm. so the better you're doing in level head, when that thing goes, when that thing fucking launches. And everybody's playing it all of a sudden. If you're at the t- if you're visible anywhere in there, yeah. if you're um, in the first couple of pages in the in the creator oh, yeah. browser, or you, you can also stockpile your levels, you know, and and your exposure bucks as much as you can. You can only get True, to ten thousand, yeah. but uh, and and drop your your best most beautiful level. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, on yeah, launch day, and we're, yeah, we're not ready to announce the date yet because we need to make sure that everything's going to fall in place first. We, we know we other, want to do it. Few other wheelings and dealings. Yeah, a few yeah. things we got to make sure. It will okay, happen, so but, there's something else I was going to say. Oh though. yeah. So once you know when the date is, though, current level up players, you should plan for that shit. Oh, yeah. Plan for, plan that, for that so shit. that you have you have stuff ready to go. You got your exposure bucks maxed out. This is you your are, launch too. This is your it launch is, too. Yeah, right? I'm so because so everybody else will have never seen the game before. They will have never played it, and, and so they're not going to know what's possible. No, you get to introduce them to the content, and you mm-hmm. get to showcase your own amazing work. Yeah. So you just so we're all going to be in this journey together. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Uh. So there's there's something else here, which is. Which is, I just want to talk a little bit about the dependencies situation that yes. we're in. So our because we're launching on on Xbox and Switch, um, and we're launching with now eleven languages. Okay, uh, all of a sudden we found ourselves in a dramatically more elaborate uh, <laughs> situation. 
because even with production it, management, even situation. with Crashlands, we launched only with English. Only we with English. Chinese six months, and we only launched it on platforms that had no certification. Yep. So like, if we, and launched, we even complained about the iTunes process that took two or three days. It takes a day, and all they do is they just like look through it and they're like, they "Does this can, is this porn? Yeah, we okay. like, how, are we supposed, <laughs> how are we supposed to plan for this? Is this yeah. porn a virus or a porn virus? No, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so so yeah, we we complained about that, but the uh, the the cert thing is. Is a is a positive and a negative, right? Like it's negative in the sense that it takes a while, mm-hmm. and and the requirements are high, and there's a there's a lot of them. And the positive is it keeps the riffraff out, yep. yeah. right? So every, so it it keeps the number of games down, and it it ensures that the games that do get through meet specific quality standards. Not necessarily in terms of like are they a good game to experience. Right. Standards. But but are they like are they crashing all the time? Are they hitching and hanging? Do they do they interact to, well with like the Xbox Live ecosystem? The device, like yeah. if somebody turns on parental controls on their Nintendo Switch, like does the game know that? Does it know that right. and does it handle it? So so there's all these things where they just want to make sure that you have a good experience with the device and that the device interacts with the game properly and vice mm-hmm. versa, right? And so uh, so what that means is that we have a, a huge number of technical hurdles we have to overcome, but also uh, linguistic hurdles. So we have to get the game. We can't, for example, like we can't submit a half translated game and be like, look, it has Spanish because they'll be like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. So so we have to fully translate everything that we have. We have to meet all the technical requirements. And that's a prerequisite to then submit. And on top of that, if we want to add stuff to the game, what we've been doing in Steam is we just we just add stuff and then we publish it. And some of it's not translated yet, but it will be. It'll catch Mm -hmm. up. Right. Can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Now we everything that we release has to be fully translated, which means there's always that several week long lag time of getting the game localized. Yep. And, and of course that sucks for development, but is the appropriate thing to do for the best gameplay experience for our right. users who are not right. English. And so so we have we have updated or we are in the process of updating all of our tooling to be able to handle sort of like development of multiple branches of the game simultaneously and testing those so we can continue to develop uh, future content, get that tested in-house while we also have a, a branch that's live that we can hot fix that's fully passed through cert and everything else. And so, whew, it's like a it's a big jigsaw. Puzzle. It's a, yeah, it's, and then it's, we have marketing requirements that have to deal with and we have, you know, we're preparing an advertising campaigns and we're, so well, we're first, talk about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, so aside from the game pass thing, which is already big, uh, this is gonna be our first time dropping a significant, <laughs> uncomfortable amount of money into advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and also for for reference, in the past, literally any amount of money we were uncomfortable with yeah. putting yeah. into advertising. Uh, I think I think at, at one point we did like a thousand dollars on something, and we were like, yeah. and then we just ran away because mm-hmm. yeah, nothing happened really. Yeah, um, and then we would say things like, "Oh, we spent a bunch of money on advertising," and then it, when, if we said that to a person who actually like truly advertised for a thing does business. They would just scoff. Well, I was actually, so I was just, this is kind of a weird aside, but you know, that movie edge of tomorrow with Tom yes. Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> How does it relate? Great movie. I was looking it up cause apparently it was a flop. Really? Oh. And they were That's like, the one with the time loop thing. Yeah. Right? I love I, it. I love and it. they were like, it cost, it cost a hundred or it cost like 200 something million to make. Um, and it brought in and a hundred million of their budget was marketing. Yep. Of that 200? Yeah. Okay. So it, was like, it was like 170 to produce and 100 to advertise. Right. Um, so like it's generally accepted that you make a product and, and like spend, half and you, of the yeah, cost you spend roughly that same amount of money. Goes into, yeah. goes into, into marketing. Which we can't afford to do, but no. we 
are still we're making, doing the best we can. We're still making a sig- very significant. Uh, and so we like our goal is basically on around the launch. The game will be in the in Game Pass. It'll be on Switch. It'll be on Steam. So if you're a if you're a gamer, if you you've got one of these things, yeah, yeah. you know, um, at least. And and we also want to make sure that you will see the game. It's going to be wherever you're looking. The thing that was so annoying when we did our early access launches, we'd have players come in later on. And they'd be like, this game's great. How come I never heard about it? We yeah. got a feedback entry where someone's like, I think you guys need to spend more money on marketing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> and also like we did, but we did spend not some nearly money enough, enough. As we're, yeah. not as much as we're about to. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is both uncomfortable, but also kind of awesome. Uh, we'll have more to say about it. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Uh, yeah. We'll let you know. <laughs> but there's, a, there's just some there's some big stuff happening. We're, we're excited to be able to actually talk about these things because we've been just sort of like. Well, this is largely why I think since since talking to Xbox and starting to ink the deal with them, um, my general apprehension about the game is not necessarily doing well at launch is largely abated because it'll be fine. Yeah, like it's going to have a large player base to pull from, yeah. which means it'll be fine. So I'm I'm just I've been just kind of happy. Yeah, and, and we, we've talked in the stuff. past about about the the rocket league situation yeah. and how we basically we're trying That's to we're, hoping to, we're yeah. trying to create a parallel situation which is for them they had a game that was okay or doing okay and then they put it into the PlayStation subscription service when they launched it on PC and then all of a sudden boom they both all of a sudden people were like sports game about cars I don't give a shit about that but I'll try it and then it turns out it's awesome yep. and yep. then everybody loves it so that's that's what's happening mm-hmm. you guys any other thoughts on no, that before I'm just we pumped. Yeah, well, because otherwise, say we we have entertained ideas to get at this with but before we actually knew we were going to be in Game Pass, including like what would it look like to do a Steam free weekend, right? Because mm-hmm. gamers do this all the time, and and all those other ones are so worrisome, you know, because like because yep, getting it literally for free is a very different thing than being than getting it part as of, part, part of, a, of, a of a subscription, yeah. uh, and also the numbers are very different, right? Because mostly because there's how many people are there in the first place. Yep. Although even like Game Pass, you know, the number of users, like <clears throat> 9 million users in Game Pass is really not that far off from how many users are just on Steam on the daily. Right. right? Yeah. Total, we, we don't know total, how many. Total, like, there's a lot total is a shitload. Yeah. Like yeah. We don't know how many, <laughs> least, how many active people are on Game Pass. We know that there's right, 9 yeah. million ish right. subscribers but, I think, but that's that but that's monthly subscribers right so there's are people who are at least paying for the service if not using they it. might have forgotten about it but yeah. they're still paying for it uh, as that's how subscriptions go yeah so so <laughs> and, we, and we were seriously considering doing something like that if if we mm-hmm. didn't get into some sort of a, of a subscription service because of the same problem is that is that the main worry we had is that people just wouldn't give the game a chance, but we're confident once we get them in there, they're going to be like, damn, they're going to actually stick around and tell other people about it and so on. But it's, it's that first step of getting somebody into the damn game. That is very, and we do have a bunch of other stuff that has been, it's been just on the back burner for literally since we put it into early access, uh, which is largely a bunch of these campaign overhauls that are going on. So that's everything from updating the uh, background and putting a bunch of extra stuff in there to, uh, working on additional presentations. Because I know one of the initial things people loved about it was that opening ridiculous presentation. And we wanted to do more. I've always wanted to do more. But as far as time, that's also one of the weird things that happens when you're in this sort of feature blitz mode, which we've been in just perpetually since, yeah. <laughs> since <laughs> early action launch, yeah. uh, which is that anything that isn't a functional thing is is questionable in terms of its yeah. usage. But when you go to... Now we're in the polish phase. Yeah, really assessing, like, how does the overall experience of this game come down? Yeah, um, and like, yeah, there's there's going to be probably hundreds of rough edges because there's just a lot of shit in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to, there's going to be some bugs. There's going to be some weird stuff. Um, None of them are game breaking. None of them are. The the overall experience should be just 
absolutely fun and amazing. Yeah. And it will be. Yeah. And so we just, we now need to be kind of in that phase of like, what's going to just really make this thing sing mm-hmm. at launch. Yep. And so, what'll and it's so it's that coupled with what will keep our studio from buckling under the launch. Yes. So there's the two So we need we need to be putting time into moderation, new player experience, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh so that's kind of where we're at. Super exciting. Yeah. Shit's getting real. Twenty twenty so is gonna be the year. Twenty plenty is coming early. Yep. All right. Let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. And again Get in there, ask a shitload of questions. Get it on the ground floor of this amazing opportunity. <laughs> this amazing podcast. We are now in our fifth year, and it's time we're just about to really get really this thing to going. Pop off. <laughs> that's the other thing, too, I'm excited about is getting more podcast listeners as a consequence. That's true. We found that that's actually that game launches is how we grow our podcast audience. And that's really, yeah. that's really why we do this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Highest upvoted question comes from Inside the House. Oh, God. Beast oh Christine asks, <laughs> We don't hear enough about the Beast Gotcha ladies. How did you meet your wives? Mm. What is something about them? We don't know. I met my wife doing hip hop dance. That's true. I remember that. She was randomly paired up with me as my partner for a choreography that we were doing for part of the <laughs> college show. Um, I just stared deeply into her eyes until she was mesmerized. That was my strategy. To hear her tell it. <laughs> it was like this, this guy just man. kept looking at me really <laughs> weird and I didn't know what to do about Can it. Can I say my charm is <laughs> powerful? And that's uh, how that worked. As far as things you might not know about her, she's a fine artist as well. Well, I guess as well. I'm not a fine artist. I'm just an artist. <laughs> but I, she, think you, I think you do fine. Thanks. Yeah. I'm a fine artist. She's a fine artist. She does, <laughs> she does oil painting and a bunch of other stuff. She's really incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we just, so I'll also say we don't talk about our spouses much, but mostly to just preserve their privacy. So, though I will say the first question my wife asked me after podcast day is always, Did you talk about me today? But yeah, she, she is not talking? concerned about her oh, privacy. No, she loves yeah, yeah. You can follow her. I think her, her, uh, uh, her Instagram, Instagram is at Diana Zhang underscore <laughs> or at underscore Diana Zhang. It's one of the two. Her well, name is Diana Zhang. Her well, name is Diana. if we'll you start there, yeah. you, maybe you can figure you it can out. You can work your way she's through a, the internet tubes and She's a public it. figure already. I'm not yeah, good at it, I think. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, maybe, maybe my wife, who does the podcast editing, when she hears that part, will then find her actual handle and put it in the show That notes. would be good. That might happen. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, which is uh, another thing that maybe a lot of people don't know. Yeah, is, is my my wife who who goes by Jen now, but when I met her it was Jenny, and so it's all been very. My life has been very confusing. Um, <laughs> it was before and after. Time. <laughs> it was before and after. Uh, so so Jenny uh, is she used to be in medicine and hated it, and mm-hmm. uh, and then everybody was always sick. You know, it wasn't that part. It was oh. that it was that the work just fucking sucks. Yeah, you know, which yeah. which we also know because our our dad as a surgeon, he, he told us the whole time we were growing up, he's like, "Do not follow this path. Uh, it is a garbage path. Um, <laughs> it's not for everyone." Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, so anyway, it's not we, for most. We don't need to, we don't need to go into the, <laughs> yeah, the shittiness of yeah. the the, the medical medical system. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so she hated it, and uh, and then finally was able to to just leave. And mm-hmm. so she's now been writing full time for I think a couple of years now, actually. Yeah. Uh, Her stories are amazing. Yeah. So she's she's a f- she's a fine writer. There you go. <laughs> is, the, is the thing for that? Yeah. And and we met in college. Um, we lived in the same dorm. Um, and she was she was the same like number, but th- but three four. Because I was I was in like five seventeen, and she mm. was in three seventeen. No, vice versa or something. Mm. I can't remember. What the, it's been long. It was it's been, it's been fifteen. Years, whatever it was. Uh, whatever it was. So yeah, we were like so we were a few floors apart. Um, 
uh, our birthdays are in the same day of of a different month, but the same day of that month. You know, like there were all these like a lot of numbers, fun little things. Uh, (laughs) And and we met uh, we met in the laundry room Mm. in the basement thing. And and by met, I mean uh, very carefully didn't talk to each other because we were both introverted people, and we were down there to like to work. Mm-hmm. And then eventually over time through mutual friends actually started to hang out. And then, you know, mm. so it's hard when your introvert and a cutie shows up. Cause you're like, you can't, I can't it. talk. I can't person. do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm right. it's, not, it's not a handleable scenario. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. um, I remember yeah, so one of my first, one of my first uh, memories of, of Jenny in college was her absolutely destroying us three V one in smash Bros. <laughs> she is really good at smash brothers. Like yeah, it was like crazy good. It was horrifying. Although I say that like as a massacre. person who is terrible at it. So I can't really, but gauge you would still think three on one. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come like, on. If you let her have Pikachu, you're just, fucked. it's over. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're over. Just <laughs> and this was OG smash bros on the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yes. I think that was the only one that was around at that time. Yeah. Like that's true. Yeah. But and she's, said. and she's also working on a, on a new podcast. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. With, we got to We're gonna her, we're gonna plug it. Uh huh. With once so it once, comes once out, it's out. Yeah. With she's working with her friend from uh, from residency who now is I don't think she's here. cleared that with us that we're gonna plug it, but we're totally gonna we're plug totally it. Gonna plug <laughs> it. that's one hundred percent gonna happen. Uh. So yeah. So when that comes out, we'll let you know. Then please go. Share share the love that you share with us. Go like, subscribe, yeah. follow, like, subscribe, follow. <laughs> do whatever, whatever you do. Whatever you're doing with this podcast, hope do it on that, do that one too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh. So my wife, people may not know that she was a national tennis champion in India. There's a lot of people in India. India. There's a lot of them. She beat all billion of them (laughs) in tennis. She got a hell of a serve. I've tried to play her in tennis, and it was just lost. Probably very embarrassing. I imagine Mm -hmm. it was. Uh, The ball is it one of those things that was it was so overwhelming that it wasn't even embarrassing. It was just like it was. It 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 instantly reached the point of hilarity. (laughs) (laughs) Like she served one ball. I had. (laughs) I mean, her her serve is a hundred something miles per hour. Yeah. Like a, it's like a professional baseball player, major league fastball. And it goes where she wants it to. It goes exactly where she wants it to. When I, that's the most amazing thing that I find about professional athletes. I'm like, how the mm-hmm. how did you but do it? I get hitting something hard, but hitting it hard with yeah, accuracy. Yeah, yeah I can hit anything hard. That's <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, and uh, and we met also because of the fact that she is a tennis player. Mm-hmm. So I was just by chance. I never, I went to a, I went to a, a school, a college that was very into football. I wasn't into football, but my, the guy who lived ne- or who lived in the room next to me became a cheerleader. And he was like, you guys, you got to come watch me cheer sometime. <laughs> and I'm like, I know this. Sure. Yeah. I'll go watch you cheer. <laughs> so we get a, we get a group of friends together, not to go watch football, but to watch our friend cheering for football. <laughs> uh, so uh-huh. we're cheering for him. He's cheering for the football so he's players. Throwing, he's doing stunts. Yeah. He's doing yeah. all the stunts That's and awesome. everything. Um, which also Sam, you were yeah, a cheerleader as well. <laughs> uh, so, so I go there and I end up standing next to this, uh, this Spanish girl. She's speaking Spanish and, and there's, and she just has like a cool accent and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just strike up a conversation and she mentions that she's on the tennis team and she made some comment cause there's like 10,000 people watching this football game. And she's like, man, if we just got 10 people to come watch our, our tennis matches, it would be incredible. Cause nobody came to the tennis matches. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I will go to this. <laughs> so I track her down uh, later on and I'm like, when's your next match? We're going to go. So mm-hmm. me and my friend, we go, we go watch a tennis match. Turns out. Yeah. It was just the two of us watching. <laughs> no way. <laughs> just the two of us watching uh, tennis. And so we kind of took it upon ourselves to just like, try to make sure Be that the tennis fans. Yeah. Like that they just had some, some people there watching them. 
And so we started going to all the tennis matches. Uh, and, and through that, like all of the tennis players were international students. And so none of them had cars or anything. And so I also kind of just became like the chaperone slash, <laughs> slash chauffeur for the entire women's tennis team. Anytime they needed groceries on Monday or, or Sunday or whatever, like we'd all just hop mm-hmm. in the car. And so I kind of just like took care of the, <laughs> the tennis team. And so I met my wife just through that whole sort of series of events. Um, and then that was it. So, yeah. yeah. Sampy loves puzzles. Yeah. That's like a good fun fact, I feel like, about her. Yes. We, she will sit down and do a 5,000-piece puzzle. Yeah. One she, she and I were playing uh, Reg X crossword puzzles, which if you didn't know that was a thing, oh. if you're interested in the content of, re- of regular expressions. That would be super useful for learning. It's very neat. I love that. It's fun. So just, yes. uh, just, just Google that. All right. Let's get on to the next question from Dwarven Jester. So now that Seth is an experimental vegetarian, does he still celebrate? <laughs> does he still celebrate meat piece ween? Does it become potato slice ween instead? <laughs> we decided that probably in the future, like how everyone still refers to the device in your pocket as a phone, when it is definitely not it's a, a fucking computer. phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, meat is probably going to be the same thing. Yeah, where I think it's probably just going to be the case that you're going to refer to meat. More so by the flavor profile. The flavor and the texture. Yeah. And, and the centrality to the dish. Yes. Because yeah. yeah, the crazy thing about doing this, so I'm still doing it. I, I have only eaten meat two times in the past five weeks. And, and both times it was because I was at somebody else's house and they had the meat and so I ate it. So that I had nutrition. Um, but otherwise, I've just been getting all those meat substitutes and stuff. And they're great. Mm-hmm. It's not, has not been a lifestyle change whatsoever. Um, and, and also just out of convenience, like when I, when, uh, we're going to get groceries or something, I'm like, oh yeah, we need to get some meat. But like now it's, it's just agreed that like what that means is fake meat, fake meat, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just meat. I mean, it, it fills all of the sort of yep. criteria yep. of meat in terms of flavor and what you cook with it and everything else. So Vegetable yeah, meats. I think it's going to be the case. I think you're right. Like, yeah. My wife and I eat a lot of Boca burgers. Mm, those yeah. are bean ones, right? Uh, I, I think some of them, I mean, I think they have beans in them, but there, there's a lot going on in okay. those. So I don't know what they are exactly, but, but they just like, they're just little, they're little pucks, you know? And so I'll just be, so when I come home, I'm like, I guess I need to, I need to make some food. And so I just cut up some vegetables, grab a boat, grab a couple of Boca burgers, throw them all in a pan, heat it up. Boom. There's well, and my, honestly, meat, my meat piece. Honestly, it's, it's actually gotten me back into doing some stuff in the kitchen because like meat preparation it's the least fun part. It's terrible, right? Because, yeah. like, you got to yeah, touch it. You got to really make sure that you cook it through. Mm-hmm. It's bleeding everywhere, all, so have, all over the place. We have to cook it through to exactly the right degree so it isn't so you too don't dry. die. Also, it's or you slippery get a, and weird. Yeah. And it's made of it. And also, like, especially if you have chicken, if you're on a cutting board mm-hmm. or whatever, then it leaves behind like weird gristles, stuff stuck to everything, mm-hmm. and a huge amount of cleanup. And now it's nothing. Yeah. Just, just no, no, hardly any prep and hardly any cleanup. It's very easy. So yeah. I'm. I'm into it. I'm just going to keep going. I think this is just, I think I'm moving from experimental vegetarian to just regular one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's cool. So as far as meat piece, <laughs> we, you still celebrate around the I meat I still have piece. meat piece, ween. It's just a uh, fake meat piece. It's meat. It's, yeah. It's meat in the generic sense. It's, uh, it's in the umbrella of meat. Mm-hmm. It's non-animal meat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I also think if you put mushrooms on anything, it's meat now. Yeah, mushrooms have always that. been in that weird category. Got, they know? got enough umami going on, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just... Gets the job done. That just gets the job done. Although I would say I still have no interest in eating a portobello mushroom burger. I agree. Well, I guess I have interest 
I mean, like, I was all, just in, I'll, in I'll the sense that it's mushroom. nothing. Yeah. It's just nothing. It's like eight calories. Like, what is that? That's, you can't, <laughs> it's have, not meat. That's not that's meat. It is. That's just a mushroom <laughs> on a bun. <laughs> to be ridiculous. All right. Next question comes from Chalosis. Are there any jams slash trash slash tiny slash flash? Uh, games okay. you found. Okay. I, was the, the yeah, I, was <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to pick up on the rhyme. Uh, are there any, basically, are there any small or crappy games you found that you sometimes still go back to? Mm. Definitely not that I still sometimes go back to because I don't even play that many games. There's one I still think about regularly. It's this tower defense game called Cursed Gems online. It oh. is not crappy. I think you play. I think we both played it. I think maybe Quadrupus Days or something. It was yeah. way back when. And I randomly found it when I was just looking around the internet. It's hosted. It's like a Flash game, I think, online. Um, but it is so good. It's just <laughs> so dang good. And what I mean by that is as far as like a loop-driven game where you're just sort of like – I refer to it as being grabbed by the face. Like it's very – you just rarely get grabbed by the face by a game where it just is like you're playing You can't look away. You will not look away it's, until you're done. It's like that, uh, that sweater tube thing that you yes. put around your laundry. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah. The head so, sweater tube. Head sweater tube. So that happens – that still just happens rarely to me. Like I played – you played quite a few games. The last one was actually Outer Worlds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. You nailed which it. actually did that for me, which I loved. Um, and the that's title actually, certainly didn't grab you by the not. face. But, the, but that's like always the feeling I'm looking for. So that Curse Gem is one. It's a fantastic tower defense game. I have no idea who made it. I probably could, like, probably should reach out to them after all these years. But uh, it's yeah. a fantastic game. There was uh, the one that I really remember was Insane Aquarium. That oh was shit, so good. Wasn't it by Popcap? Yeah, Pop yeah. Popcap had a had a which collection is now owned by EA. Was that right? Or yeah. Zing- yeah, is it I EA? Think, I think okay. it's EA. We made Plants vs. Zombies, right? Yeah. And I love Plants vs. Yep. Zombies too. Yeah. Which just has its shooter that came out last week. A shooter? Mean, neighbor, neighborville? Like an actual, like a 3D Yeah, it FPS? looks dope. Yeah, <laughs> it looks awesome. Well, it's they like, did make a, It's like Overwatch. They it's did like a hero-based Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Yes, it's that one. It's that. Which was the shooter. That. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is, is, like, is it class out now? Yeah. Is it is it the same free-to-play bullshit that they did with their second? Well, I mean, yeah, of course. You, I don't know, but it looks amazing. Because I try to play- You play as like a mushroom. You can play as a mushroom stealth, like a stealth mushroom ninja who like shanks people. What is this on? Is this on Steam? I have no idea where- That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I kept seeing it pop up, but I was like, what do you play this? How do you, how do you get this? <laughs> where is it? I have no idea where it is. I didn't see it on Steam. I assume it's- I don't know where- I don't Yeah, know he's like, it. that's the thing. It's very tantalizing. You can't play it on anything. <laughs> Yeah. We're just gonna show yeah, it. It looks beautiful. Like this is one of those things too, right? Is, it, is this this makes me think of just how much of a bummer the the market change is to, mm-hmm. to go from games as a, from games that you go play to games as a service? Because Plants vs Zombies it was one of my favorite games when mm-hmm. back when it came out. I think this was when I was in college, probably it was a long time ago. It also had that ridiculous "There's zombies on your lawn" song. Yes. Everything about it was just awesome, and then <laughs> and then Plays vs Zombies two came out, and I was so excited because it was like it was on phones and everything. And I booted it up to play it, and then like all of a sudden you had to like pay money to do anything, you know. Mm. And it just took. I never played the second one. It just took everything good out out because now there had to be a store in the game. Um, and yep. Well, yeah. you should try the shooter. See if it's to your liking. It looks incredible. I'm very. Excited I think it's. It this. must be done in Unreal because it, it looks like Unreal. <laughs> like it's. And it's it's just I love the idea of plants versus zombies in that's Unreal what I Engine. it's like you, see, you go from this like really cute ridiculous tiny character art yeah. to this like full blown 3D rendered ridiculously beautiful I, yeah I want to see those zombies it wouldn't even fighting, have to be like, good you know it would still be fun to play I want to see fun. like a Left for Dead reskin where you play as four <laughs> plants <laughs> trying somebody to get reskins out. the zombies to look like the, oh that'd be so good and then play only with. Uh, only with like grenade launchers or something. Is there, do they have grenade launchers in Left 4 Dead? They've got corn. 
Oh, you mean oh, plants are <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> for dead. <laughs> something you can skin. Something you can skin so that now you change it so that when you because you can't just shoot a gun because the, the bullets are too small. Wait, you'd have you to have the pea shooter. You need a pea shooter, but yeah. like the peas yeah. have to be relatively huge. You could play as a pea shooter and then you shoot it. So just go do that. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I don't need to change something else. Yeah. Just play play plants versus There's zombies. There's like an 80s FPS. zombie who I think makes people dance. There's a lot of weird things going on. Yeah, because well, that, that's that in one? that's in Plants vs. Zombies. Because yeah, so you makes, can play as him. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, he's got a troop of zombies that all dance alongside. Yeah. And oh right. I think they do the thriller dance. Yeah, they do the thriller dance. Of course. <laughs> so for me, Amazing. there was a game called Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah, that was literally all it's called. Just called Gladiator. Okay. And when you open it up on the main menu, there's like these crappy, uh, like a chorus of guys be like Gladiator, Gladiator, <laughs> Gladiator, Gladiator. <laughs> And it just, that's the theme song of okay. Gladiator. <laughs> what, pretty, do you, uh, what do you play it on? Complex. It's basically, do you remember, it's, it was just like a flash game on okay. the web. Do you, do you remember Monster Rancher? Yeah. How you would like train up your monster and get stats right. and shit. Yeah, it was basically dumb. that. So do you watch them do like trampolines and shit? Yeah. Like you, you do your training, you get your stats, uh, and then you, you could go to the equipment shop in town and like buy new pieces of equipment. Mm. And then you'd send your Gladiator into the arena and then you had like a couple of different moves you could do, but it was really just like a power loop game, right? Like you're just leveling up your gladiator and you try to pick your stats. And so you like go all in on strength and try to one shot people or all in on speed and try to dodge everything. Uh, I think you can breathe fire. I can't remember, but <laughs> it was just a dumb, really good flash game. I think there were tons of them like that. Yeah. From oh, back yeah. In the day. Yeah. yeah. There was a whole sort of generation. There was also one about like sieging castles, I think like a flash game. There were like quite a few yeah. of those. Uh, there's tons of great stuff out there because there, there was that website addictinggames.com yeah. which when we I were I used to go to that every day wait that dolphin game you remember that fucking dolphin game no no <laughs> there's, a, there's a layer of ocean okay the one where you keep on going higher yeah and you dive down and then you come up and then if you do like a flip then when you dive down you get more velocity yeah. and so you keep on like oh. looping it until you jump like over the fucking moon yeah. <laughs> and then like to Mars yeah. and you just keep on do you remember this no. Oh man. I don't yeah. think I played it. Was this Adam one. and I played it. I don't yeah. think I played it. But yeah, that was an era. That was a good you know? time. I, I I think that those games are still I think that website still runs. Yeah. Oh yeah. But my my inkling is that it's not the same <laughs> as it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fair game. It's like that. I don't know. We can check it out. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Butterscotch Atheist. Whenever I play a game made by a AAA studio, the game always seems to have a bit of polish and an extra layer of magic dust that is missing from most indie games. Why do you think this is? Do indie developers avoid the polished stage to save time, or is it because of the AAA studio's relatively massive budget? Budget. Yeah. 100% is budget. It's just you got a lot of people. It, well, I mean, I think it's both. Right? Well, because even they're think the about, same thing, right? Yeah, they're, well, yeah, they're the same thing in a lot of ways, but it's also because there's, there's, there's two parts. There's what you can afford and there's what you prioritize, right? Yes. Because polish has to come at the expense of something, even if you're AAA. If you're AAA, it has to come at the expense of the features you of, could have had that team building instead. Or, whatever, or right? just budget. Or Action, budget, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so the truth is, like, you wouldn't, you don't hire a visual effects artist right. to not make visual effects. Whereas, in, right. as an indie, you do because because yeah. they're have also to make doing everything. Else. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think so, so I don't think it's about triple I think it's about I think it's about priorities, yeah. right? Which is which is where the money goes, and, and a lot of that has to do with like how much game can you make and still be able to prioritize polish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell also, I can say from our own experience, um, which you've then heard about us talking about even just in this episode, um, the pressure is to put as many features into a game as possible, where a feature is new content, right? Um, a feature by definition is not polished. That's just, that's how that works. It's a new thing, right? It's going to be a little bit buggy, has some rough edges because the polish phase comes after you have the feature, then you polish the feature, right? 
And so the pressure is to make make feature after feature after feature after feature, and then get the game out basically as fast as possible because you ran running out, out of time. money, out of, <laughs> which is the same thing as running out of time. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and so I think indies, indies in general just don't prioritize that. And it's, which isn't to say that that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's just mm-hmm. what happens um, because they're so focused with trying to get as many features jam packed in because they're doing everything. Uh, and they're so strapped for budget um, yeah. that, that, both in, that both feels in time and money. Time and, money. And, and so it, I think it feels like polish is the thing that you can cut. Yeah. Right. Because the game works. Because the game works. And, it, mm-hmm. and if it's as long as it's good enough, then you can feel like it's it's fine. Um, but I think it, it is an interesting problem, though. Right. Because the more polish a thing has, the more people trust it. Right. Yeah. And the more and the more people want to tout it and share it with other people. And so if you're an indie, you can get away with a lack of polish if things are really unique in some way or really interesting or have like a really bizarre art style or whatever. Um, but the the problem comes in when your product is not that dissimilar. It can still be better in a lot of ways and, and still unique in its own ways. But if it's not too dissimilar from other stuff in the market and then also is not polished, right? then uh, now you're going to have a hell of a time getting people into that game. Um, so so we've been prioritizing polish a lot more. And we, and we always kind of did anyway, but but in particular with Levelhead, we're, we're really prioritizing that for this you know final phase up until launch. I mean, so it's got a, has a card sitting there to redo the settings page yeah. to make it look good. Yeah, right. And like that that's the, sort of shit, the bottom. which we may not get to. We probably won't get to. Well, there's a few, there's some few easy low hanging fruit there, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, you why do you have to spend time on the settings page making yeah. it look good? Yeah, right? like yeah, as a player, you don't think like I would rather this settings page look good than have two new items in the game. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't think about it in those terms, but that's literally what's happening behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. Which is like, if we do polish the settings page. You're going to be missing something yeah. that you otherwise would have had mm-hmm. because right. one thing happens at a time. Right? And, but also as a as a player, uh, it's it's easy to identify the things that. So it's it's easy to spot things that are not polished. Yes, right? you don't even notice things that are polished, right? And so this is this this is this weird. You mean missing? No, no, no they're polished because like, they're just fine because they're fine. Mm-hmm. They, they you don't behave notice as intended. Yeah. You, you know, and so this is this is the this is the the sort of horrifying aspect of this too is that polish feels like you can drop it because it's the thing that makes it so that some aspect of the game isn't noticeable except just in how good it is or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a very weird, it's just a very weird thing. Cause as a player, you can also think, you can also think I would prefer more features. Like that's, that's certainly what I would think on average, you know, mm-hmm. is I would rather have a feature than have a nice looking settings page. But if I were to play a game in the absence of knowing anything about what could have been, yeah. I'm actually going to have a better experience with the nice settings page. Yeah. You're going to evaluate what's there. Exactly. You can navigate what's there. Yeah. Not, yeah, not but I would as, also, as a developer, you're focused on what could be in the game. Yes. But as a player, you're focused on what is in the game. Right? Yeah, but I would I would argue that polish is a, is a fully detectable thing if it's done to a high enough degree. It is, yeah. Where yeah. if you, for example, if you interact, if you're interacting with the menu and just like, it's just it feels good. amazing. It's yeah. like ridiculous. It's so cool. I mean, even like the main menu for Levelhead is actually a polish point. It is, yeah. Uh, that was the only one we got in before early access launch. It was just like, hey, instead of a bunch of buttons, we're going to make a whole town and it's going to be flashy and cool. Mm. And like, well, you know. Um, but we wanted that to be your intro into the game for exactly yeah. that reason. And so in the most recent thing, we added this loading screen, like just in the last patch, which makes it so when you log in, there's actually a loading screen as opposed to like a couple of weird menu flashes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got all it has is Jaratine's face, a nice pattern background and loading bar. Right. But it, it makes the game feel legit and more legit. And there's a really important feeling to that, which I think it, it primes people to be like in a much better mood and a good a sort of experiential state yep. for it. Things should, yeah, things should just feel right. Yeah, I feel good. And not bad. <laughs> uh, all right, final that's a question. Quote, that's a quote of the day. 
Final question <laughs> comes from Gua. Do you believe that for an average indie game developer, gameplay innovation usually pays off? Or does it more often lead to a complete financial failure and it's better off to make genre games if one does want to continue making indie games? I would say making indie games generally doesn't pay off yep. as a first note. Yeah. So if you do something totally new, people are, people are going to either be like, what the fuck is this? Or they're going to be like, nothing, because I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if or, you, <laughs> uh-huh. or they're like, oh my God, what is this? I want to play it. But yeah, that requires if, they saw it. It requires they saw it, right. Yeah. And, and it has to be, and then the thing that you did that's really new has to be obviously new and in a really, in a really interesting way due to your marketing materials alone. Right. So and, totally accurate to pull battle off. simulator. Yeah. Tabs. So they launched an early access pretty close to around when we did. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they've got like three, 35 billion players. Oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Killing it. And it's basically goofy-ass physics simulation where you take bunches of soldiers and like throw them at each other. <laughs> and they kind of loosely slap each other with spears and stuff. <laughs> and it's hilarious, funny. right? Um, isn't really a game like that. I guess maybe the closest one would be something like Besieged where you've got like these little physics people. and you're There's like, like some other war simulator that came out earlier. Yeah. So like the, like the concept – Generally, it's kind of floating around, but it is, quote, new in the sense that, like, it's just not really been done much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easy to sell this new concept with your marketing. Right. Which is so the you key. see it and it's like all you need is some video clips of these dumb looking battles. And now you've got <laughs> it's a hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. And people are like, I want to make dumb battles. Mm-hmm. And then they can. Right. Um, and so so if you have a new concept, yeah, like you said, it has to be very understandable what the appeal is like yeah. right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this idea in design called most advanced yet acceptable, which is Maya, as they refer to it, which is basically cool. saying you can't really push the envelope so far that it, you know, that you're just making something completely new because people don't know what the fuck it is. They just don't. You just can't. You can't <laughs> sell it. There's no like, reference. I don't Unless it's it. frog fractions, where the whole point is that you can't know what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. But even that one probably actually sold by, based on its like the sort of viral marketing approach that happens with something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the interesting point there is you can't you, – so when you're making a game or you're – this idea of making a genre game um, is funny because, of course, when you make a, a game in a particular genre, really what you're saying is here's my base audience mm-hmm. that I want to pull from. You still have to answer the question, what are you doing differently to make yeah, an interesting you can't, game? Right. You can't just – You can't make a genre an existing game, game basically. And then, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and then expect it to do well. You still have to push something. Whether it's like, oh, it just has this really – maybe it's a – well, maybe it's a Souls-like game, but it's just cute as fuck, right? I don't know. Maybe that would work. Cute yes. Souls. Cute Souls. It's just like an interesting <laughs> thing. So there's a bunch of ways to, to do it where you can take a genre that you like or even don't like and then – You got to bend You got to do something to it. Um, so I, I don't think there's really – I don't think you can make a, a just a genre game that would be successful in a large way unless you – unless because people do this in AAA well, space. But yeah, you, like, have, you have the same problem with a genre game as you do with a game that is somehow unique, right? Which is that – People have to know it exists and yes. they have to just see the marketing material and be like, yes, I want to try this. Right. Yeah. I, I would argue, though, that I think Blizzard is the is a great example of a studio that doesn't really do anything new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so like World of Warcraft was like EverQuest, but easier. And yep. <laughs> and uh, that's actually that's the recipe, actually. Diablo yeah. is like these Diablo, classic RPGs, but easier. Diablo, classic <laughs> RPG, but it's not turn based. Yep. Actually, actually, it was turn-based at the beginning, and then they just like turned off the turns, right. and then it worked. And, yeah. Well, the uh, turn now became a step. Yeah, like basically, yeah, step event. Um, I, I think I think they were on the cutting edge of RTSs back in 
back in the day when they made Warcraft one. But it might just be because we're unfamiliar with the other RTSs. Yeah, but if you look at like what is Warcraft, it's fucking Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's like yeah. literally they just took Orcs versus humans. Yeah, and then they and then later on they're like, ooh, we need to expand this universe. They just took more shit from Dungeons and Dragons. Everything in, Wor- in World yeah, of Warcraft yeah. is just from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then they've got Overwatch. Oh, you mean Team Fortress two, <laughs> but with yeah. but with Blizzard characters yeah. mixed in. Um, yeah, so like it's fine. Uh, it's fine if you got a hundred million dollar budget. <laughs> you can take you take any well, genre. It's not just that is that is that sure those are all genre games, right? Yeah. But but they have extreme degrees of polish and yes. they look different. They look different. They feel different. Yep. Uh, but I think that's that's kind of the the difficulty from an indie developer is like getting that level of polish very hard. You cannot yeah. compete. And you also, compete. Yeah. Uh, if people see it, like we had this with Crash Ends, people saw it and they're like, oh, it's Don't Starve, and we're like, well, no. Cause, <laughs> cause it's literally nothing like, cause that. you know how like don't starve is a survival game. This mm-hmm. isn't a survival game. You know how it's all like weird sepia tones. This, right. Is this, is brightly, you know that this, this is brightly, this is brightly colored. This one does. No story. This one has pets. This one of the reviews for it was Crashlands can't starve. That was the title of the <laughs> right, review. Right. Because the positive thing about it is that it's the opposite of don't starve. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but that's doesn't, that still means that people would see the game go either. Well, I've already got don't starve. So yeah. Or they'd say, I tried Don't Starve and I hated it. So why would I try this other game that looks that yeah. it must be Don't Starve, right? And but so there was a little tiny sliver who were like, I tried Don't Starve and didn't like it because it's a survival game. This kind of has the same vibe and I'm into that. Maybe this is the game I want to play. Right. Yeah. And so, so that yeah. was our target market. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> we that. We didn't think about it. <laughs> we didn't think about it. <laughs> but so if you look at something like Blizzard, which is which is actually, it was the case that like I, I've played Team Fortress too, and I and I actually haven't bought Overwatch. I haven't played Overwatch. Um, and I, I played Team Fortress 2 for a long time and I saw Overwatch. I played it until they added the hats. The hats, yeah. Basically once the, once the game turned into an e-shop that happened to have a shooter attached to the side. Um, but I kind of saw Overwatch and I was like, eh, I've played this game, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not, it's not true. I haven't played that game, but I've played enough class-based shooters that I get the idea and it's not necessarily my thing, which is what you end up with, with genre games is people have experiences with the genre they pre-decide whether or not they just categorically like yeah. that kind of yeah. game. And then you're kind of operating within a subset of the people who are left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you get it. But like the reason that, cause I felt the same way about Overwatch too, which is like, I've played this, but you got like, not this specifically, but, but this it's, it's a, it's a genre. <laughs> I played this. Right. Um, but for me, it was basically saying, well, this is like the, the degree of polish on that fucking game Ridiculous. is I, I'm not even sure there's a comparison point. In terms no, of obscene. it is it is just obscene until you get into like hyper realism that something like Red Dead has and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but like just the polish level is just outrageous. The the characters are really interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. The cinematics that they made were the whole just, thing is just so well done. It right? was so well packaged yeah. that I was like, I'm gonna throw money at this. Yep, this is the kind of experience that I want to have in my life, right? Yep. And it wasn't even so. So it was basically I actually had to get over the fact that it was in the genre, even though I like the genre actually, mm-hmm. because yeah. I was just like. I've but the this. combination of extremely high quality, which yes. is done by budget, yep. and extremely high marketing, yep. which in other words, you saw the game fucking all over the place. For which and, and, uniqueness, also budget. Budget. Yeah. and uniqueness, which was that it wasn't – it was in the genre, yeah. uh, but the the characters the are really interesting different. different. The art is really the different. The characters like, – aren't just a bunch of identical looking men shooting at each other with regular guns. Yeah, to me, it felt like, Which, Pixar, to me, it felt like Pixar made a shooter. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, exactly. I signed up for that. Yeah. So yeah. Let, me, yeah, let me in there. So I think in both cases, if you make something totally new, it's really hard. 
And if you make something that's in a genre, that's also really hard. Yep. So go it's nuts. Yep. And really you have to do both. And it's really hard. Mm-hmm. You got to make something that's in a genre that people are familiar with, but that's completely new in ways that people are unfamiliar but comfortable And with. then spend money marketing. And then spend $100 million in marketing, yep. like uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which turned out to be a flop. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was a flop in the sense that it lost money or just didn't make very much money? I think it just barely broke even. Okay. Which they considered to not really be a positive. Which seems fine to me because then everybody got paid and nothing bad That's happened. Fine. That I think like- they're working on a sequel though. Honestly, podcast listeners. Maybe they did better than the If you have not seen Edge of Tomorrow, That's watch fun, that right? shit because it's awesome. It's really good. It's, it's basically a it's basically it's a, a video game. It's a video, it's a movie, yeah. it's a movie video game. Yeah. He keeps dying and coming back and he gets to try things differently every time. That's a video game. Which is know? also just Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog yeah. Day, but with with like aliens. Yeah, which is again bring us right back <laughs> to the same thing. It's just it's a genre it's a genre mm-hmm. movie, right? But they just had Look much higher budget. Alien invasion <laughs> alien groundhog invasion. day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yes. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we've got links to, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.